Hello, uh, dear listeners. Welcome to the fifth episode of Reclaiming Happiness with Sandeep Nisha. Uh, this episode belongs to the Wellbeing Podcast uh, season first. Uh, without uh, further uh, delay, um, I want to go ahead and uh, invite um, our guest member for today's episode. Um, I've been meaning to have a female guest uh, to talk and share her personal story and so that we could learn and listen listen and learn you know, from her own personal uh, experiences. Uh, we have uh, Wainomi Glasser joining in from United States of uh, America, um, currently from uh, the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, joining in the joining in for the podcast um, we've been having some difficulty connecting um, since I'm here in Nepal and she's out there uh, so with that uh, any further uh, delay uh, let me have her in the uh, podcast why know me hello uh, hi can you hear me yes yes absolutely oh Um, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so honored and delighted to be here with you on the Wellbeing Podcast. Absolutely. Definitely. Um, for uh, just a little preview to our uh, listeners, uh, we've been trying to connect for past like 10, 15, 20 minutes. And every <laughs> time we do like almost like the first part of the recording, the connection drops. And, but I think, nonetheless, uh, we are here. So uh, let me uh, begin by asking uh, Wainomi, if you could, uh, you know, give a brief introduction from your point of view. It's been some time that we haven't uh, met each other, too. I, I know Wainomi from the time I've spent in New York City. I've known her as a really outspoken, um, great uh, human being first. And uh, I think she's a mother now. Um, I, I always felt that uh, she, just like so many of us, she has experienced a lot of personal challenges, but she's that kind of person um, who is always positive and who is constantly learning. Uh, I believe you are also a life coach, Wainomi. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, uh, Let's hear from you. What's going on? Uh, how is life? Uh, and, uh, what are you up to nowadays? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for that warm intro. Yes, um, it has been a minute. It's so wonderful to be reconnecting with you and also to share with your audience. Um, and thank you so much for those kind words. It means a lot to me. Um, Yeah, so what am I doing? Where, where have I been? Yes, it's true. I became a mother four, almost four and a half years ago and uh, while I was living in New York. And, um, you know, becoming a mother is like being reborn yourself. It's like a death and a rebirth for us women. We transitioned from being the maiden into the mother. And it's a harsh transition. <clears throat> and this modern world, because uh, the modern world really does not support or respect mothers and children. 
is what I learned after uh, I went through my nine months of pregnancy and then into childbirthing that um, the hospital system is not created to support mothers in doing what's naturally possible for our bodies to do. They treat pregnancy and childbirth like it's a, a disease. Wow. And then, yeah, and then once the baby is born here in America specifically, um, you're kind of left alone to do your own devices. There's no one there to mm -hmm. tell you what to do, to support you through it. And so many of us mothers through our first, um, with our first journey into mothering with our first child, we have what has been described as postpartum depression, um, which is something I experienced. But what I've learned now, having come out of that depression, is that um, the depression becomes what it is because the village and the circle of women has been disbanded. You know, what I've learned now is that many, many generations ago, women uh, lived in circles inside of their communities with other women who were younger and older than them. And so there was always someone to learn from and someone to teach at all yep. times. And it, it took a community to raise every child and to keep um, the whole community, men included, um, safe, protected, and cared for. And when what we call the patriarchy set in, which is, you know, around the time Christ, you know, was born, somewhere around there, there was this, um, this sort of movement by this dark energy force we're calling the patriarchy now that took those communities apart, separated women, isolated them from one another. Because when, when women gather, we create tremendous energy. We can change worlds when we gather. When women gather, there's no stopping us. And that kind of power is intimidating. Um, and at some point, they separated us from one another. They put us in our boxes. They told us that we had no power. They told us our voices didn't matter. And they kept doing that until we believed it. Yeah. You know, fast forward to the modern day where women today struggle with confidence, self-worth, they struggle with believing in their value, believing that they have a place. And when you go through motherhood, that's really the greatest challenge when you realize like the modern world expects us to be extraordinary mothers, raise intelligent, beautiful, well-behaved children, be extraordinary partners to our husbands and wives. They, they expect us to do everything and be everything without any support, to do yeah. it all by ourselves. So today I am feeling a lot better and I'm feeling super inspired and charged to serve women, especially women who are mothers, in reclaiming their power, in understanding their value, and more importantly, inviting them to gather once again, creating opportunities for women to come together in circles to create alchemy, to do magic together, to use our feminine energy to inspire, motivate, and heal these generational wounds awesome awesome way to be um so uh after uh after the uh, birth of uh the child um daughter uh wh wh where's her name again i like yes i like i pronounce it wrong all the time <laughs> her her name is wyatt w-y-a-t-t -T. yeah <laughs> It's traditionally 
a boy's name here in America, but my husband thought it would be a really great name for her, and I love it. Awesome. Like, I pronounced it uh, so wrong, and, uh, you know. So, Wyatt, uh, after her birth, and after you went through uh, that episode of uh, revelation, a sort of, like, you know, like, to find out for yourself how far it could be, um, what are the ways you uh, came up with yourself? Did you... Uh, after the struggle period did you yourself reach out to other uh, um, friends of yours or did you started reading uh, reading and trying to find out more information or what how did you uh, uh, revive and how did you uh, you know uh, got across this uh, uh, this situation yeah um so yeah what happened for me was It, it it was it was a double whammy because um, I was going through this uh, challenge, coming through this awareness of how I how how uh, forgotten uh, women are, mothers are, and at the same time I was be, being a mother for the first time, and so it was incredibly isolating, and I really struggled for a while trying to find a community to plug into because. Uh, I don't know if you've ever experienced the tremendous overwhelm that comes with depression or sadness where you feel the need to be with people and yet the the drive or the ability to actually put yourself out there and to be vulnerable is incredibly hard to do. It feels like you don't want to be seen when you're in that very dark space and yet you t desperately need people. Um, I tried to, I did have a few friends in the neighborhood where I lived that were mothers that I could kind of speak to and and they were they were definitely there with me um, but what I ended up having to do was go through the pain um, it, I wish I, I could say that it was that it that I was able to break through it easily but it wasn't it took three years it took not three it took about three years close to that's three years long, that's a long time uh, yeah. going through that pain Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes, and it was it was levels of pain. It started with the it started with the pain of isolation, um, and then it became the pain of uh, feeling disempowered and angry and resentful of the situation and the way the world works. And then my husband and I could no longer survive in New York City. We it was really important for me to stay home with my child. Um, yep. And I think most mothers feel this way, but the, again, the modern world isn't set up to allow for that unless you have a considerable income and you have, you know, people that you can hire to support you. It's it's nearly impossible in the modern world now to have a parent stay at home, you know, when when you're when you're making less than six figures as a family yeah. a year. Um, but nevertheless, it was it was more important to me to be present for my child's most important years these first five years of her life than it was for for us to stay in New York and try to make it work. So we had to leave. Um, and that was another level of sadness for me. I, I hated leaving New York. I have so many beautiful friendships there, so many memories. I call it like my second adolescence. I went through my 20s in New York. I grew up there, basically. And it was really hard to sit, to move away. And then I had to come back to a place I never thought I would come back to. Um, a community that really I felt like an alien in, like I didn't belong to. 
And so that brought on another layer of darkness and, and challenge. I ended up having to move back into my family's home, which, you know, has so much baggage attached to it. Like you're, I'm embarrassed to do it. I don't want to put a burden on my family. There's shame attached to it. Um, so more layers of really difficult negative emotions and challenges to, to, to wade through. Uh, we moved, we got back here in 2017. So that really became sort of, that was sort of the lowest point, but more like 2018 was the lowest point. And so I started to slowly climb out of that hole by just being in the, just like accepting that this is where I am. It hurts. I do not like this situation. I'm in pain. I feel alone, isolated. What I did first to help myself out of that hole was find a therapist. I found a talk therapist who I could just sit in a space with, feel safe to just talk about the pain um, Mm -hmm. that I was going through. And once I was able to start doing that on a regular basis, it took about six months or so before I started to feel inspired again to um, to reach out to old friends or to reread books that supported you know my point of view which is one that you know life is here for growth we're here to expand and I started to feel more like I wanted that expansion more like I wanted to get creative again you know I I'm an actor and an artist as well a singer I've been since I was 10 years old so I started to reinvest in that just by watching more films and having more conversations with my artist friends and slowly but surely I started coming back to myself. The the biggest breakthrough I had was actually at the end of last year, um, something just clicked. I, I guess it was just a matter of time once I just had the uh, time to integrate and process what I had yeah. been going through. Um, the biggest thing being that being back in my family's house, I, I was you know, back in, in relationship with my parents on a daily basis. And so all of these triggers started showing up. The, you know, when you have a child, you start looking through your life through your child's eyes. You start having memory recalls of when you were a child and they happen very randomly and surprisingly. And yeah. that started happening when I came back here and I started seeing my mother as a child, as I was a child again. And these traumas, these pains, these hurts, these wounds, that had incurred when I was a child started to reveal themselves to me. And so I had to address that. I had to start realizing that I had anger towards my mother. I had resentment towards her that I didn't know was there, that I had to yep. let come out, I had to talk about it with my therapist, had to address it, had to figure out why that anger was there. And what I discovered is, you know, we all, all of us on some level incur this mother wound and it, it's sort of the biggest subject of my work right now um, in supporting people and healing that wound because it is a generational trauma. Um, but that was a big opening for me and I was able to release the anger when I was able to identify what this wound was. And it freed me. And now I'm, now I'm back uh, in myself again and the light is shining on me again and I'm ready to serve. Um, other people in healing these same wounds. Awesome! I'm 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 so uh, inspired already uh, listening to you, Wainobi. I'm sure it has been really really tough for you, and um, 
I, I really believe it also needs that uh, personality, sometimes that strong personality to uh, be vulnerable, you know, to, to, for you to make that steps. Um, not every, all of us could see the light at the end of the tunnel, but despite the uh, difficult situation, despite the hardship, um, your, um, the personality, that inner strength, I think, is, uh, um, would eventually uh, lead to uh, some form of understanding and some form of healing um, at the end. Um, that said, let, let me uh, switch it to uh, a slightly brighter uh, tone of our uh, conversation. Uh, I've been meaning to ask you this as well. Uh, would you would you uh, mind uh, sharing with us uh, some of your favorite, uh, perhaps one of your favorite childhood memories now that we uh, I've also uh, talked a little bit about your childhood, like any particular incident um, or particular uh, 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 you know, uh, lifestyle uh, while you're in while you're a kid that you are fond of. Yeah, I love this question. Um, <clears throat> I really tried to search. Like, I don't know. I, I don't know if some of your listeners might relate. I have a terrible memory. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I can't, like don't ask me what I did yesterday. That kind of memory. Um, yeah. Uh, but yes. So the thing that I that comes up for me when I think about my fondest childhood memory or memories is is gonna sound so cliche and mundane but I remember a a particular summer evening with my friends it just was one of those evenings where all of our parents were out like on the front porch kind of chatting with one another and all of us were outside together as well and it was sort of that feeling, you know, when your parents are busy with each other, they're not paying any attention to you. And so you feel completely free to be yeah. yourself. And I just remember that night we we ran around through each other's yards, catching fireflies, playing hide and seek, getting sweaty under the moon on a summer night. I just re I re that's the one thing that keeps coming back. I just remember feeling free and so fun and like, time didn't exist you know like it just could have kept going forever and ever and ever i remember that i also remember playing with my best friend in his house we were he had just gotten these bean bags and he set them up yeah. in front of his in front of like the side of his bed and we ran down the hallway into his room and just like plopped ourselves on the bean bags to like bounce our faces off the bed it sounds so stupid <laughs> we yeah. just like threw ourselves against the mattress to like feel the rebound and we died laughing had so much fun to it but like again time didn't exist and it was never going to end and I just remember how fun it was and we tried to recreate it like the next day and it just never was as fun ever again <laughs> it was just like yeah, that yeah. brief moment <laughs> absolutely you know this is the sort of uh, uh dilemma I uh, ponder usually and I look back and see like how how did we lose uh, that ability to feel good about ourselves is it because when we were a kid we were not really uh, using thinking too much uh, did personal uh, achievement did um, our own ambition came in between or the inner happiness uh, we all so desperately crave for, uh, you know, these kind of questions. Uh, I've always been uh, in 
back of my mind. Uh, that said, what do you, what is your uh, general opinion, uh, Wainomi, about uh, personal achievement? Um, you know what to fulfill our ambitions, um, so on and forth, and its correlation with uh, that sense of joy and inner happiness. Yeah, it is such a good question, Sandeep. It is just like it is the conundrum. It is the thing that I think about a lot too, especially now that I have a child of my own and I'm watching her grow. And it's so important to me to preserve her, her, her just zest for life. I, I you know, I just so much. I'm so invested in making sure that she thrives and that I get out of the way <laughs> because we yeah. are, we are born fully equipped. Like there is nothing missing when we're born. The one thing that we need, right, is to learn how to live in these bodies, right? And that's what our parents and the people around us help us do. They keep our bodies safe while we grow into them. But who we are as as beings is fully complete. And mm -hmm. that truth somehow gets covered up. You're right, through through childhood into adulthood. And and you asked why is that? And so my my personal understanding of it right now is that it's conditioning so when i was talking about the mother wound before that's what that is included in conditioning there is at some point uh through time someone somewhere decided that we all need to be the same that we all need to pursue the same thing especially in this country in, in america it, it you at some point i think it's probably right when we go into school that we're sort of taught like in order to be successful you have to follow the rules you have to stay in the lane that you're given uh and you have to be realistic practical and your main interest should be gathering wealth and status and that that should create security for you and your family and also you should get married and have children <laughs> and um Yeah. For those of us who kind of don't have that model to fit into, it's really disruptive. And what it ends up doing is it trains us to ignore intuition, to uh, mm -hmm. stop thinking for ourselves and to start just, you know, plugging ourselves into these molds. However, there is also a very real desire for many of us to achieve, right? To create something of our own, to make an impact. For me, you know, yeah. my purpose is to serve. Like I feel very strongly about speaking into individuals who recognize my gifts and talent and speaking into them because I see their genius. My 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 passion is to support other people in letting their genius come out so that they can come go do the thing that they're really meant to do, called to do. Um The difference I feel between achievement and happiness is uh, achievement in the context of the modern world is external. You know, it's about material yep. achievement, material wealth or gain, status. Uh, achievement is about the scores that you get, the, the, the way you look, the, the way others perceive you. Achievement can be about what you gather and gain as far as your your home, your things, uh, your experiences even. 
Happiness is something that exists at all times for you right here, right now. It's never something that you earn or work for. It's not something that you can collect or gather. And it's not something that can be taken from you either. It, it always exists, but only in this moment. Um, it's not something that you can go, right, you can't say like, I'm going to go try to be happy. It, it doesn't work that way. The way I've described it in the past is the, the have, do, be mentality is sort of the way the world kind of works up till now. I think things are changing now, but the paradigm up till this point has really been have, do, be. I've got to have my degree to go do this job to make this money and then I'll be happy. Um, yeah. But the reality is it's be, do, have be happy and then do the mm-hmm. thing you feel led to do yeah. and you'll have all the things everything you desire that your joy and your happiness exists in this moment so if you can somehow practice appreciation you know I think um, m- maybe through our youth we think oh I want you know this relationship or this car or to live in this house to be happy to feel like amazing and Desires are incredible. We love desires. We love wanting things. But uh, then you get in a trap where you can never have enough. Nothing ever satisfies. And you drive yourself into a hole of desperation, anxiety, depression, um, you know, competition, just all these really dark energies that steal your life force. Um, And oftentimes when something really hard happens, you know, whether it's you have a child, you lose a job, someone dies, whatever, you get sick. Often when things are taken from you like that, where you can't just be in that modality anymore, that's when you start to take stock of what really matters. And mm-hmm. you start to check in with what are my values? What's actually important to me? Not based on what you've said or she said, but to me and what I care about. And when you get to that place, you start to realize like the stuff is just extra, it's bonus. What really matters is, you know, for me, what really matters, number one, is that I remain in touch with my intuition, that I spend time in the spirit realm, that I really focus in on my inner peace, um, you know, and I know what that is for me. And when I do that, I'm able to be open to the wonder of life every day. There's something magical and wonderful happening around me and it's mundane from anybody else looking in would see nothing they would see nothing at all but what i see is miracles daily and that brings tremendous happiness absolutely absolutely uh for uh some of the first time listeners uh listening to the podcast right now uh the podcast, as you could tell, is called the Wellbeing. So we talk, um, we try to uh, share, talk, learn, and grow together um, aspects of well-being, inner happiness, and all the good stuffs. Um, we started doing the podcast as a, a matter of fact, and trying to catalog our own journey um, while we try to walk the talk. Um, we we thought why not we share with our journey with the world so that we all could uh, perhaps benefit uh, from i don't personally remember anybody teaching me uh, inner happiness um, 
never, mm-hmm. uh, not in high school, uh, never. So I think this is such a important topic for so so many of us, but also many a times um, underrated. And since it is so broad, we can't have an expert uh, solve the problem for us. Mm-hmm. We all have to dig deeper um, and find it for ourselves. Uh, what ticks us, what makes us happy. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last four episodes, uh, for in the first two episodes, I monologued some of my opinions, and then we had guest speaker uh, from. Also, the United States of America, we had, we had Gus and Fabi uh, joining in for the podcast. And today, I'm really, really happy that uh, Wainomi uh, accepted my offer. And uh, we've been, I've been having a blast just uh, learning so much and uh, really uh, feeling that sense of connection and uh, seeing the world through um, our point of view and especially um, as a mother, I think she has already shed so much uh, light, um, which hasn't been talked as much, um, I think, in the society um, in this episode. Why know me? What what are you uh, or uh, what do you do uh, nowadays in daily basis? Uh, I know you talk to the therapist. Uh, it, you know it. it really look like uh, the, your, the, your world changed uh, upside down yeah. immediately after the birth of the kid right yes. of the daughter so you're um that that has been one big challenge and besides that you already had the regular challenges just like all the dudes have right yeah. like you are a human being now you're a mother so you're already feeling um literally two roles right right there yeah. and so many roles uh like as a as a wife, as a partner, as a member of society, um, yeah. as an artist yourself, and, you know, so it's sure it's really overwhelming for you. Um, that said, what are things you do in a daily basis nowadays, uh, which uh, has kept you uh, sane, um, as you said, uh, inspired, motivated? Uh, any uh, physical activity you do, partake on? Um, can you uh, sh- share a little bit about that? Uh, area absolutely yes i think this is a really important conversation it's it may come up as kind of like boring and rudimentary but it is the foundation okay of your life and um i think i think when you're coming up in the world you sort of just do what your parents do and then you start doing what your friends do and then eventually you start really you know picking and choosing realizing this works this doesn't work um so what works for me is I, you know, let's, let's start from the very beginning. Um, I wake up, I typically am woken up by my child. So I go straight into um, <laughs> parent role, but I, I bring my child into my own practices. I think it's really important for parents to include their children in their daily rituals and the things that they do to support themselves. Um, I say that because I'm a person who really uh, cherishes my independence. I mm-hmm. love being my own person. I like being alone. I'm not antisocial. I just really love being in my own energy and in my own space. And I had to, I realized at some point like, oh, I can still include my child in this and get everything I need from my rituals and also 
make time for myself. So just a side note out to any parents who feel like they love that alone time, bring your children in. It will bring a lot of joy to your life. So I include my daughter in my meditation practice, which I do most days. Um, I'll, I'll either do a guided meditation from one of the many resources that are available. I love Deepak Chopra's meditations. I love the Calm app. Um, and then often I'll just do a silent meditation. Um, I'll do that for maybe 10 to 15 minutes. I Ideally, I love doing a long 45-minute meditation. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing that before, so I, I'm, I'm aiming to start doing that again very soon because I, I love that. Um, I exercise at least five times a week um, on average, most of the time six. I mostly do uh, cross training or hit exercise. I use I love to use the center app for that. And uh, and on my low energy days or weeks, I turn to yoga, either yin yoga or vinyasa yang yoga. Um, I think physical activity is imperative to mental health. Uh, if you're struggling, move your body, even if it's just walking. Yep. Um, moving your body every day is imperative. It's essential to well-being. Um, and I love it. Love it so much. I do that. I eat a vegan diet. So I eat only plant-based foods. I do not eat dairy or meat. Um, I, I mm-hmm. made that change uh, almost four years ago now. Um, I, wow. Yeah, I did that as like a 180. I've always felt conflicted about eating animals. Um, I all my whole life, I've 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 eaten, you know, the standard American diet for most of my life. Um, but every time I would talk about it with somebody who's vegetarian, I would always think like, you know, if I ever had to kill my own food, I I couldn't do it. I would not be able to do it unless I was like absolutely starving and it was my only chance of survival even then I would suffer mm-hmm. through it um, I would say that all the time and I would think like but why then why do I eat this um, why uh, let me interrupt you there like besides uh, the morality factor right like so it, 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 it's the same for me sometimes when I'm like um, if when, I'm, when I have to use my conscience and when I'm really conscious it really doesn't make sense that uh my diet comes through you know practically somebody killing yeah. uh, animals yeah. to feed me you know we're not living on those times besides that factor which is really really powerful uh, do you think uh, it has made a difference on how you feel uh, in the, you know uh, besides psychological factor in, in terms of body you feel is there a cause I've heard people saying, you know, you need energy. Like I'm a vegetarian. It's been eight months. You know, I'm a new one, but um, not not like um, really strict. You know, like sometimes, like maybe one person is once in like few months. Sometimes um, I get this uh, demands from my my partner and my my wife, uh, even my family members. Sometimes they're telling me, hey. You know, Sandeep, you gotta eat meat because you are uh, you're still young and you need a lot of energy. In terms of energy factor, uh, what's your take on it? <laughs> the plant-based diet. And, uh, yeah, I love this conversation because I'm passionate about plant-based diet. It has changed my life. Um, <clears throat> first, I'll just from my experience, the the very first thing I noticed was 
a a totally a total transformation in my GI tract. I had so much I I the experience I had before I went plant based was, you know, having an upset stomach or having an irritable GI tract was just normal. Like having bloat or just irritation, having cramps, intestinal cramps, just having having an uneasy feeling in my guts was just a, a standard for me before I went plant-based. And when I went plant-based, it took two weeks and all of a sudden my guts were silent. Zero wow. issues yeah. with that. Um, my mood lifted like a whole bunch. And this was during a time when I was still in postpartum depression phase. Um, when I was pretty low energy, I noticed a tremendous lift. Um, I could eat a huge plate of food and not feel stuffed or full or heavy. I felt light, energized, awake. Um, my sleep got so much deeper. Um, so those are, those are the biggest like physical changes I noticed. Um, as far as the conversation around me, I mean, it's very, it's very well indoctrinated in uh, cultures all over the world that meat is essential to a healthy diet. But when you look at the facts, and there are facts, this is, this is based on studies, this is not an opinion, these are studies. The studies show that um, animal products are highly uh, irritating to the system. They create tremendous amounts of inflammation. And even if you're eating meat that's from a quote-unquote clean source, meaning they don't pump it with antibiotics and, and medications, it still has in its flesh natural growth hormones from the animal itself because you're eating a, an animal um, that has right. its own yeah. hormones in its blood, in its flesh. And so you're ingesting these hormones that your body cannot use and they become like super growth. Um, this is, I don't mean to scare anybody, but they become like, they, they turn like bad cells they they make bad cells stronger you know these these growth hormones they feed cancer cells they feed cells that are diseased um because your body can't use it the the conversation around protein is really hilarious because the animals that you eat eat plants <laughs> cows yeah elephants gorillas like the biggest animals on the planet eat plants and they are incredibly strong um, mm -hmm. Yes, some of them also eat bugs occasionally, but most of their diet is comprised of plants. Um, so if it's good enough for the cow to eat the plants and they become as massive and strong as they do, then it's good enough for us. In fact, um, you know, if your audience yeah. is curious, there are many documentaries out right now. The best one lately is called Game Changers, all focused on Olympic level athletes that, that exist on a plant-based diet, strictly a plant-based diet. Um, there's more protein in plants than there are in meat. In fact, no one on the planet is deficient in protein. <laughs> um, that's a that's a myth that you're going to miss out. You're actually probably going to get more protein when you eat more plants. Uh, I would, um, yeah. you know, love your family and, and tell them thanks for your concern, but I'm okay. And you just load up your plate <laughs> as full as you can. Eat more, eat more and more than you're used to eating uh, now that you're eating less meat. Um, because yeah, you're, that's one thing I tell all new vegetarians and vegans is you're going to have to eat a lot more to, uh, to fill your, your body and to fuel your body. Um, so load it up. Don't be scared.
<laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, why do me like uh, this transformation in me uh, uh, even though it's small happened when I was in the meditation camp myself is a 10 days retreat and the only food they serve is pure vegetarian but really really delicious meals you know for 10 10 whole days have a breakfast early in the morning and then lunch around like 11 o'clock and they uh, pretty much won't give you anything the whole day uh for the new meditators they uh, give a healthy a snack pieces of fruits uh, uh hot hot tea without caffeine like lemon tea sort of towards the evening and after uh i was eating that for like whole 19 days not in my first meditation in my second meditation like for the f- very first time in my life uh one day they gave us a banana and i'm sure they try to give us like only organic good stuff but when i uh opened the banana and was trying to eat it uh, i realized that uh you know the banana was not uh ripened naturally and it was like such a strong feeling that i knew it right off the bat mm. and it never happens to me you know like the self awareness mm. they say i don't want to um, uh you know make sad uh, all the uh, male listeners but i i have always felt that guys self awareness is usually lower than females that's what i felt and given that my personal experience was even lower you know like in terms of self awareness i would know uh, stuff from books uh, i would know things that i need to know that that required memorizing but i've never never felt uh, good about my own self awareness but that particular day realizing that what i'm eating uh, i knew right off the bat that it was not ripened properly maybe there was i could smell some form of uh, like drugs influence mm-hmm. ripening processes and i was like really impressed mm. and i knew right off the bat something was going right um, it could be all those meditation and also about the diet and immediately um i thought that's the right move mm. uh, wow that's really powerful that reminds me uh, of something yeah. just if i can share um my daughter uh when she was so she had I had only tried meat maybe once or twice before we switched to a plant-based diet. I've raised her on a plant-based diet ever since. And first of all, I'll just tell everyone that at every doctor's appointment, she is off the charts on her growth. <laughs> she is in the 99th percentile, which means she is taller and than wow. most kids her age and her blood work is always perfect and she's incredibly vibrant and strong and energized on a plant-based diet. um since she was about a year old um but now whenever uh whenever we make something in the house that's like a mock meat right because every now and again even though I am fully plant based every now and again I still want like a burger that tastes like a burger I don't want to eat mm-hmm. meat but I want something because I lived on it all my life right so eventually there You're will right. come yep. a day when I can give that up too but for now every now and again that's what I like and When we cook something like that in the house, she hates it. She thinks it smells so bad. She has no interest in trying it. In fact, my mother cooked turkey in the house recently for her dogs, and she was disgusted by it. She couldn't even stay in the room. And I thought that was so fascinating. That why does that Yeah, go ahead. That I think that's amazing. Uh I I wanted to connect uh one fact that I thought was really really uh important here 
is I heard from uh, I think Aziz from India um, and it, it connects true to me if, you know have you uh, noticed that if we give like uh, meat to like cow like I've grown with like domestic animals when I was really kid when I was a kid because in, in Nepal is like you know farm there are a lot of uh, you know the society is still could be a rural at times yeah. right we we could give meat to cows or uh, all those uh, animals who eat only a plant we could give meat products they would never eat it because they have that self-awareness right yeah. and but for for us human beings i think sometimes um when we lose that self-awareness that's when uh, i believe the problems start happening and it's so great that uh yeah I'm pronouncing it wrong again, but or the lovely daughter, yeah. you know, she she has already built that self awareness, and I think that's amazing. Uh, yeah. How? Yeah. Yeah, it's she, she. It makes total sense to her, and it does to me too, and it is to you now too. When you wait, it's a it's a sort of awakening. You're absolutely right. It is self awareness. When you know, maybe our ancestors needed to kill an animal to survive you know, the cold winter or in order to have the skin so that they could stay warm. And so they would eat the meat to honor the animal so that it wouldn't go to waste. But, you know, looking at the modern world, our ancestors did not have supermarkets. They did not eat meat every single day or three times a day. It was not possible. Yeah. In fact, it wasn't even possible, you know, 60 years ago to do that. Um, so it only just became possible just you know 60 70 years ago to do that in the modern world um and yet you know the 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 yes the dissociation between what it means to take the life you know that there's no honor anymore in killing animals that it's actually become a really horrific industry and process and it's actually damaging the planet in incredibly enormous rates and it's 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 just not necessary you know that's really comes down to me like i don't want to shame anyone or pressure anyone but it's just not it's not necessary your body doesn't need it to to thrive and survive in fact it thrives better without it and so with the yeah. planet so yeah you know maybe if we could all just do a lot less of it sure yeah yeah again it's just, just conversing but if we uh could really build that uh, conscious conscious self and if we are really self-aware I think so many of uh, unwanted things uh, we wouldn't never do we would never do you right. know it's, I think sometimes uh, with this modern world and uh, the world really uh, focused on outside um, you know we are looking for uh, looking at the world for our internal solutions yes. you know looking outside instead of getting inside uh, we create so many uh, unnecessary problems. Um, I've, I've sort of noticing it on my life, not in a big scale, but in a minute scale. And I, I get very happy uh, realizing that there, uh, I'm, I'm, things are moving in the right direction for me, at least. Yes. That's it. Uh, why do me? Uh, I've been loving this uh, uh, conversation with you. Uh, we have to wrap it up. Uh, in like five ten more minutes i want to ask you this uh would you uh, do anything differently then if you have to go back in time like 10 15 years now that you know so many um things right yeah. uh, for some of our young listeners 
do you recommend them to follow the right path right away or they just find it for themselves leave it to find it for themselves yeah. what, what did you do differently uh, in basics I guess if you have to if you had that ability to uh, travel back in time yeah I love I love this question it, it brings up so many thoughts and feelings one being that um, uh, time travel doesn't exist for good reason and um, <laughs> you know everyone is on their path and is discovering what they need to discover in perfect timing and that there are no mistakes, that everything uh, is laid out for you perfectly. Um, that being said, if I did, if I had the ability to go back or if I could visit myself 10 years ago, I would tell her um, to, I would tell her to save more of her money. <laughs> and I would tell her <laughs> to, um, <laughs> and I would tell her to listen to her intuition. Um, and I would tell her to make friends with more women who are much older than her um women who or maybe have grown children even um and to build stronger ties uh to communities of women um who are living all different part different uh segments of their life and and to speak to the young listeners i would just say to them um there are no gurus don't believe in don't follow any gurus don't there's no one person has all the answers. And if anyone tells you that you're doing it wrong and that you need to change what you're doing, turn around and run in the other direction because there is wisdom that lives inside of you. And it is mm -hmm. guidance that you can trust. It is guidance that is consistent and reliable. And if you can be still enough to tune into where that guidance lives in you, it will never steer you wrong and no one no one can tell you that you're doing it wrong or going in the wrong direction when you're listening to that still small voice in your body. Your body knows the truth. Your mind is not reliable. Do not rely on your thinking mind. Um, you know, your mind is good for measuring distances and being able to tell if that chair is stable enough to hold your weight or knowing when it's time to go to sleep and wake up and when it's time to eat. Your mind is good for that, but it is not good for making decisions. It's not good for choosing what's right for you or correct for you. It isn't good at looking out at the world to see who people are. You're a spiritual being and your body is your vehicle and it knows the truth. If you check in with what you're feeling in, in the sensations of your body, you know when you're on the right track when you get those tingles those goosebumps you know when you're meant not meant to be in this room when you feel anxiety or nervousness you know when you're not listening to yourself when you're doubting or judging um, and I would also say that you never know what another person is going through you have no idea what another person is dealing with so do not make the mistake of making assumptions about what a person is doing, who they are. Don't ever decide that you know who a person is 100% because there is something going on inside of them, same as you, that is invisible and it is their right path. And just know that you don't need to be in abusive relationships and definitely step out of toxic relationships, but try to do it with compassion and love for the other because there's just no telling how much pain they might be in. Yep, yep. That's, that's amazing. Uh, I'm loving this. 
Um, last but not the least, um, I think you have covered uh, the answer in part about of the question that I'm about to uh, present to you. Uh, the, my last uh, question would be, what would be because you know it's so true for me myself as well. Why to me? You know, when I was in my twenties, um, I was I was a studious guy when I was a kid. And I thought I really knew what I'm supposed to do, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, I think a lot of times, uh, the youth they think that they they know what they're supposed to do: work hard, maybe study, and so on and forth. But I uh, really never paid attention to the things that I need to stay away from. <laughs> Sometimes it's very important to really know what not to do. <laughs> so if we could like eliminate what not to yeah. do, whatever we do, I think would be okay. So, is there anything that uh, you remember or you uh, urge young listeners to stay away from? Um, and you can add a thing, you know, if you have to choose one thing, if they need to get into it, uh, what would they be? Yeah, okay. Um, one thing, to, something to stay away from. Oh, gosh. <laughs> um... <laughs> This is a big. This is a big question, because um, I could I could probably go down a little bit of a list, but um, let me think. I w- I would like the um, our uh, previous guest member of uh, Avian. Uh, he said he's into music. He said pride, uh, and I, I connected with it as a as a you know guy. Like sometimes the ego, ego would be detrimental. You know, will not listen to people. Um, sometimes. You know that uh, connected with me as well. So I'm yeah. just giving you an example. You, you know, yeah, it could the be thing anything. that's something literal to something uh, maybe that. Yeah, literal. the thing yeah. that's coming up for me is stay away from overindulging in things that numb your senses. Um, awesome. Things, yeah. things. There, there's all kinds of wonderful experiences. Listen, I am not going to tell you to not do the fun things. You know. I am not going to tell you not to drink alcohol or not to, you know, dabble in whatever experiments you want to dabble in. These, the, a lot of these things are here for enjoyment and exploration. But I will say that I have pretty much stopped drinking, and it's not because um, I think alcohol is bad or wrong. It's it's because I know what it feels like to be desensitized and numbed out to my intuition. And here's the thing: it's. Your senses, your touch, your smell, your sight, and your sixth sense, your intuition, are very sensitive, and you can really tune in very deeply to them. And some of us have, you know, clairvoyant mm-hmm. gifts, where you can even like hear things, you know, coming from another source, or feel things coming from spirit itself that can guide you. Um, life is supposed to be fun. It's supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be struggle. It's not supposed to be pain and suffering. While pain and suffering does yep. occur, and conflict, in contrast, is a part of living. Duality must exist for existence to be. Suffering and living in suffering is not necessary. Um, pain can be experienced with pleasure, and I, when pleasure is, what I mean by pleasure is enjoying your body senses. You can you can be in a low energy state, and still find pleasure in the sunshine, in the flowers, in the tea, in the comfort of the bed or the pillows. And if you're desensitizing with drugs or alcohol, or even desensitizing with, you know, social media, 
um, television, video games, anything that is taking you out of your full body, embodied reality, um, you miss out on the, the gifts, the blessings that are right here for you, the quiet knowing, the messages that are coming to you all the time from Source, God, the universe, um, that lift you up, that support you through this journey of life, that remind you uh, of your beauty and your worthiness and your value. Um, so it's hard. I know it's hard for you to, for most most to do when you're young and you're free and you're, you know, you're you're making your own money or whatever. But I would encourage them to not overindulge and desensitizing their bodies and their senses with things like this. Um, <clears throat> to do to get into um, their own genius, nurture your genius, nurture your passion. You know, I think a lot of people talk about passion and, and bliss being you know the result of following your passion but what does that actually mean many people don't know what their passions are and I think that goes in in tandem with desensitization if you can start to sensitize more you know challenge your body by not you know going without alcohol this week or this month or choosing to turn off the television or whatever it may be and just sit in stillness as uncomfortable as it is some voice will come through yeah. to guide you to the next thing and that voice is your genius that is your genius and and sometimes it shows up just like call your friend or read this book um but one thing yeah. leads to the next leads to the next and before you know it you're you're in, you're enthused and you're thrilled and you're inspired and you're motivated that's your genius search it out and be choose this is really important choose to be only surrounded by the people who nurture and support and encourage you if there are people in your mm -hmm. life that judge you that criticize you that are constantly reminding you of your lack or your failures or who are putting pressure on you to fulfill on something that they want for you or who are keeping track of your failures or your successes anything that is any person in your world that's causing you to doubt or judge yourself please create some distance some loving space between you and that person even if they are your partner your parent your child it does not matter who they are to you create that space and please reach out to the people who inspire you the people who um who who make you feel better when you're with them or when you're tuning into their message even if you think they might not notice or recognize reach out to them just tell them thank you and see if you can make a connection and surround yourself with people who see you and recognize you for who you really are and speak into your genius and encourage you to pursue what matters to you and support you in what makes you happy. Please do surround yourself with those people. That is so, so important. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, why, why know me? Thank you so, so much. Uh, if you would uh, accept, I would love to uh, invite you in my future episode. Uh, this is the first time um, we've been we've been talking for almost an hour. Usually our uh, podcast is around 30 minutes and I didn't want it to stop it because uh, uh, I thought the listeners would really uh, enjoy our enjoy you sharing uh, your personal experiences and opinions. Um, that said, 
Uh, is there anything um, you want to say at the end? Yes. First, just let me thank you for creating this beautiful space to talk about these very meaningful and important subjects. I feel so blessed and honored to be in this conversation. It has been wonderful. I've had so much fun. And I think you're doing a tremendous service to anyone looking for guidance or support. Um, and it's just beautiful. So thank you for your work in the space. It's been fun. And I would love to come back anytime. Please, please do send me the invite. I will be here. I would love to. Um, and yes, if I could leave your listeners with an invitation of my own, um, if you are interested in learning more about my work, please follow me on Instagram at winomi underscore G. That's W-I-N-O-A-M-I underscore G. And there you will find that I am currently this weekend doing an event that I'm calling the Fire Ritual. It is for any woman who is looking to burn down her limitations. If there's any, if you're having trouble processing negative emotion, if you're feeling like you want to let go of bad habits or bad thought patterns, this is the event for you. Please go to my Instagram to learn more. We are doing it this Sunday um, online on a Zoom call so you can join in wherever you are in the world. Uh, please, please do check that out. And yes, and I would just again, just awesome. thank you. It's been great. Awesome. So if, if any any of you guys uh, missed her uh, Instagram account, you can connect to me directly, message me on my social media or um, anchor. I'll, I'll try to, uh, if there is a space where I could put the link of her Instagram account, I'm going to put it on the link as well. So you guys can definitely, definitely follow. Uh, follow her and uh, be in that um, uh, in that uh, positive uh, uh, circle yes. of growth and uh, inner happiness and all those uh, good mm. stuff um, thank you uh, listeners thank you so much for listening to us um, the for the first time today I want to uh, give you a question to ponder as well what would you do differently if you could go back in time 10 years uh, feel free to uh, share with us in, in voice messages or comments. That's it. Uh, we will see you in another episode. Um, really, really grateful for all of you uh, listening to this episode of Reclaiming Happiness with Sandeep Nishan. Thank you. <laughs>